Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. It'd be tough to find a more hardworking effort in a 2-0 shutout loss than the one we just saw and heard tonight as the Hawks get shut out in Vancouver 2-zip to begin their four-game road trip. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 12.30 tomorrow morning as the Hawks suffer their 17th consecutive road loss. But a much different effort tonight, a much different style of game, and even though the score sheet doesn't look all that exciting, this was a solid 60 minutes played by Luke Richardson, Chicago Blackhawks team. Let's head on up to Canada and bring in our pal Troy Murray. He was on the call with John Weideman all night long. And, Troy, the difference from this game after the first 20 minutes, because we knew what Vancouver was capable of, it wasn't too surprising to see them get off to the start that they got off to, and we thought it was going to be maybe a tough road for the final 40 minutes, but the Blackhawks made sure that that did not happen. They had a couple of good looks, they hit a couple of posts, but they never were able to get past Thatcher Demko, and it's just kind of showing how much the Vancouver Canucks are rolling right now. They're a good hockey team, but I, I actually I didn't even mind the, the first period. The Blackhawks made some mistakes. You, you got to make sure that you you know where Quinn Hughes is on the ice. And Blackhawks lost him on the second goal by Vancouver. The first goal by Vancouver, real nice play by Kuzmenko. Uh, but they competed hard. First shift, they hit a post. You know, I mean, they, that puck goes in, and it's a different game. And then later on in the first period, they hit another post. And, you know, they just got some bad puck luck there. You're going to have to just dig deep. But this was a solid effort. You you would think, and I agree with you, Joe, when you're looking at, oh, the game was 2 nothing. what a dud. This was a heck of a hockey game. Blackhawks had 31 shots on goal, and they haven't been able to put up those kind of numbers. They had quality opportunities. Thatcher Demko was showing why he's a Vesna Trophy candidate this year, the way that he's played with the Vancouver Canucks. Um, outshot Vancouver in this game. They Boy, they worked hard. Maybe it boils down to the special teams, and that's where you like to see your high-end skill and and uh, be in the lineup and, and make the difference in the game. They, they moved the puck around, but they just couldn't find that finish, and that's the difference between having some of those guys in the lineup and not having him in the lineup. But I like the way that they played. They competed hard in this game, and you know, you're going to ask the Vancouver Canucks that this was not an easy game. And I think that that's what Luke Richardson wants every time that this team is playing. You want the the opponent to say, boy, that was a tough game. Yeah, these are the types of games I remember a lot last year where everyone was pitching in. It was a solid 60 minutes, and even though the Hawks came up short, you felt good about the overall performance. And again, I go back to what we were talking about in the pregame show. We've been seeing this effort over the past couple of weeks, but that's because that's the type of game the Hawks were kind of forced into with missing guys like Bedard and Felino. Now they're starting to come back. Seth Jones is back. Nick Foligno's back. The Dart's not back yet, but it's good to see the guys who are coming back into the equation also factoring in with this better style of play for this Hawks team. Yeah, they're, they're going to slip in, I think, seamlessly. They're all watching the games. They know what's going on. They know how they're going to have to come back and compete. And unfortunately, when you you know get some guys healthy, some other guys are going to be out of the lineup. So it's, it's a great competition for these guys right now. I, I think when you look at a couple of the scratches in, in, in uh, tonight's game, Lucas Reichel, Cole Gutman, uh, Luke Richardson kind of talked about 
obviously with Lucas Reichel, there's more expectations on the high end of that. He's one of the guys that they were really hoping would step up in the absence of Connor Bedard, but he hasn't done that. He seems like he's lost some of his offensive confidence, and they're trying to work with him to get that back. It's not a bad thing to sit out, have an opportunity to reset, and you know, it's the reality of the NHL game. It, it's all about producing, and it's all about playing the right way, and when you see uh, Lucas Reichel sitting out and Cole Gutman, who Luke talked about, you know, just trying maybe to do a little bit too much in, in certain situations, putting himself in trouble and, and turning pucks over, just to kind of get another perspective of sitting back and, and watching the game. And, and I think it's important for everybody, and I think that that's kind of what's going on here, for everybody to play their best game because when everybody starts to get healthy, you have to make some choices, and those choices right now are going to be tough because everybody's competing hard, they're working hard, and unfortunately for some of those guys, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow because they've performed well, but you got to make some tough decisions, and that falls into the hands of the general manager, Kyle Davidson, who's in the lineup, goes in the hands of Luke Richardson, but you know, you just love the effort that these guys are putting forward on each and every night pretty much. The other thing that kind of slipped into my mind a few times tonight, Troy, was you know, so much talk about Connor Bedard not being available in this game against his hometown team. Would have been his first game here in Vancouver in the NHL. I mean, with how fast and exciting and competitive this game was and how competitive he is, you had to think he was just itching to get out there and, and help support this team, especially with a chance to go against Quinn Hughes, you know, two future faces of the NHL. If you're Carna Bedard, you look at the schedule as soon as you were drafted, as soon as the schedule comes out, and they go, okay, here's here's the game I'm penciling, I'm circling, because that's going back into my hometown. I do know, I do know for a fact that uh, Connor's father, Tom, was in the building watching the game tonight. <laughs> uh, you know, whether his son was here or not, uh, certainly going to be supporting the Blackhawks. So that it is, a, it's a, I would say, a major disappointment for him to not be able to come out here and play in his hometown, but he'll get many more opportunities in the years to come. But, uh, you know, his health is the most important thing. Make sure that he gets completely ready, and when he gets back in the lineup, it'll be a big boost because the Blackhawks are certainly missing that type of a game-breaker right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, Troy, not the outcome we were hoping for, but a lot of positives to pull from this one. Thank you for your insight, sir. Oh, you're more than welcome, and uh, stay up late, enjoy it, and uh, when you get a chance tomorrow, get some sleep. That, yeah, thank you. I, I will try. I'm, I'm uh, slowly sulking on my coffee here that I've had for the past couple of hours now. I'm not trying to get too jittery, but also have to keep a pulse a little bit. Well, you might have to throw a little nip of something in there. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, pal. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> that is Troy Murray. He and John Weideman on the call up in Vancouver as the Hawks fall to the Canucks. Two to nothing. Their road skid continues now. 17 straight games without a victory for this Hawks team. I'll get these bad numbers out of the way right now. 17 straight road losses. Back-to-back road shutout losses for this Hawks team. Got this nugget from uh, Mark Lazarus on Twitter. He writes for The Athletic. Five goals in the last seven games for the Hawks on the road. Offense has been tough to come by ever since Connor Bedard and Nick Foligno went down. I think that's been the, the biggest notice for the absence of those guys from this team. But it's not just blowing smoke with the different style of play we're seeing from this team. The moment Bedard and Felino went down, and keep in mind, at that point, the Hawks were also with Tyler Johnson, Anthony Beauvillier. I mean, so many guys, it's, it's hard to even count and tally right now. Seth Jones. 
they had to play a different style of game. They were forced to play a different style and just a different structure because not only are you kind of climbing up an uphill mountain, right? That's the right metaphor. Uh, with those guys already on the roster facing some higher quality talent on the other side of things. But then when you lose a few of those top talented guys, you just got to keep pace. You got to tread water and you got to find ways to slow down the other team's best players. They've done that. And now with guys coming back and Seth Jones and Nick Felino, luckily, thankfully, it has been continuing. There are a couple of blips out there. The San Jose game wasn't great. Obviously, the Hawks had a, a rough road game against the Buffalo Sabres, but you know the overall structure, the overall game has been better for the majority terms of things over the past couple of weeks. Now, hopefully that will continue to grow and improve by the time Connor Bedard gets back here, and then you can drop him in and he can help things move a lot more fluidly. That's not going to turn around this team's chances at the playoffs or anything, but it will make a lot more of these games closer. I, I don't want to say more exciting because this was a this was an intense hockey game. I mean, this was, I, I don't know if it was one of the most exciting games you'll see all year, but there was a lot of good things to pull from it. There were a lot of good chances for the Hawks. They may have outplayed the Canucks in a couple of the periods. I, I think, I know they outshot them in the second period. That Middle 20 minutes was kind of overruled by special teams. And it was kind of weird because the Hawks never really got a good chance to get their power play rolling, whether it was them not being able to do it or them committing their own penalties that kind of ended their power play early. But they had their chances. And once again, they just did a really good job of not allowing the other team to totally take over. Vancouver is rolling right now. They're the best team in the NHL with the best record, the most points, the best goal differential. They're outscoring their opponents by 59 goals this year. And now they're 9-1-1 in the month of January. This Hawks team just played a really tough game against them. Every game on Twitter, I've got the Blackhawks hashtag loaded up and the Canucks hashtag, or I should say the other team's hashtag loaded up. Obviously tonight had the Canucks. And the response that I'm seeing from a lot of Canucks writers and Canucks fans is, again, a lot of what I saw last year. Well, maybe not the best game played, but we pulled out two points. Wow, we won't be able to put up that kind of effort in the playoffs, that kind of thing. When Luke Richardson took over at the beginning of last year, one of the things he said he wanted his team to be known for was to be an opponent where other teams could come in and say, oh man, we got to get through Chicago. They're a grindy team. They're a gritty team. Because that was actually that was the way Luke Richardson played. And the Hawks did that a lot last year. Didn't happen right out of the gate this year. Different circumstances. You've got an 18-year-old phenom in Connor Bedard. Everyone wants to see him with the puck. Everyone wants to see him score the puck. He did a lot, and then other guys that you were counting on making a big impact, Taylor Hall has to have season-ending surgery. Corey Perry gets kicked off the team. He actually signed with the Edmonton Oilers today, or officially made it official today. We've got some sound from that press conference we might get to later. But either way, the shakeup that this Hawks team has had to endure has really shifted kind of the dynamic of their roster. And they've done a good job 
actually done a better job with all these guys going down all at once than they have with a couple little slip-ups here and there at the beginning of the season. But hockey's weird, man. Those types of things happen. And again, the most intriguing thing to look at now is when Connor Bedard comes back, how will this team look? I'd imagine the style, the structure, the hard-working effort will remain. And hopefully you just drop in Bedard on that top line and he really gets rolling with Nick Felino and Philip Kurashev. Again, if that's the top line, that's what it had been for the majority of the year. By the way, great to see Nick Felino back today. Thought he had a good game. Philip Kurashev has really done a nice job of making some strides with Connor Bedard down. You just see more confidence in his game. You're starting to see him just make one little more nifty move offensively. He's just got just a little bit more wit to him out there with the puck in the ice. He co-led the Hawks with four shots on goal. Reese Johnson, the other one, four shots on goal. Actually, let me update this. Philip Kershev with five shots on goal. Reese Johnson with five shots on goal. They did not co-lead the team. You know who led the team? Nick Felino. Seven shots on goal in his first game back. That's with a fractured finger in his left hand. Nick Foligno also with three hits. Nine shot attempts total. One blocked shot. He's back. That's great to see. You could tell how eager he was. Talking with us in the media the past couple of practices and before the team shipped out on Sunday, he was really eager to get back and and wanted to get back specifically because of how well the team has been playing. He said he's enjoyed the team's grit. The team's will to make things happen a little bit more, and he was part of that tonight. Hawks overall outshot Vancouver 31-29. to Stick taps to Thatcher Demko, Vancouver's goalie. His fifth shutout of the year. That's tied for the most in the NHL. Stopped all 31 shots by the Hawks tonight. Eighth shutout of his career. And as Troy mentioned a handful of times, the Hawks hit two posts in that first period. We're talking about a totally different game if just one of those go in. And the other thing I kept thinking in that third period, even though the Hawks were probably outplaying Vancouver in that final 20 minutes, there were a couple occasions where Vancouver easily could have scored. And I mean easily just because how how good their offense looks. They just move the puck like crazy, tape to tape, always know where the other guy's at, and Had they come up with another goal, it wouldn't have been too surprising. And if all of a sudden it's a 3-0 game for Vancouver with, I don't know, seven minutes left in the third period, these are all hypotheticals. But think about how different the game would look. And the Hawks didn't let that happen. This is going to be a really tough road trip. I mean, four games against four teams that are either in a playoff spot or fighting for a playoff spot. Not to mention Vancouver, the top team in the NHL right now. But it's Seattle in two nights. It's Edmonton the night after that. And it's the Calgary Flames to wrap up the first half of the season, if you want to call it that. Ironically, the Hawks kind of have Calgary's number over the past year and a half, so it'll be interesting to see if they can continue that trend. Do you want to talk a little bit more about Lucas Reichel being a healthy scratch tonight? Not the first time we've seen him be a healthy scratch. Was it justified? Probably. 
he played the second least time on ice in the Islanders game on Friday, the overtime winner. I forget who was the only guy who had less minutes. And it, it might have been Rem Pitlick or something. Either way, Luke Richardson has been very strategic about limiting Lucas Reichel's ice time because that's just kind of the position he's in right now. I mean, that's the other thing. With all these guys going down, it's made sense to keep throwing Lucas Reichel out there. If some of these guys aren't injured, if the if injured reserve isn't just chock full of Blackhawks players, we might have seen an earlier healthy scratch for Lucas Reichel. But now Nick Foligno comes back, and it's not Rem Pitlick that's getting sat. It's not Zach Sanford. It's definitely not Boris Kachuk. It's Lucas Reichel. And it's, it, it, listen, it's been disappointing. It's been frustrating. It's It's been unfortunate. Whatever adjective you want to do about Lucas Reichel's rough season so far. But in the grand scheme of things, you still want to do the right thing to make him successful in the long run. And I'm kind of, I'm going to use the same argument I used for Arvid Sutterbloom. When he was on his real rough skid, when he was having his really rough showings, everyone wanted to just send him down, send him down, send him down, make him learn a lesson. And I get it. But whatever the Hawks did has worked out. Still short term. I think it's three or four starts for Sutter Bloom, but he's looked good in all of them. And he's looked good in all of them without being sent down to Rockford. Now, Lucas Reichel, it's a different situation. And I'm not saying don't send him down to Rockford because once these guys start to come back, I don't want to move Boris Kachuk out of the lineup. I definitely don't, don't want to move Colin Blackwell. Guys like Mackenzie Entwistle, Reese Johnson, they're still working hard. In fact, I bring up those two names, and they're actually, they've played the two least. They each played the least time on ice tonight. Mackenzie Entwistle with not even 11 minutes, Reese Johnson with 11.36. Well, and actually, Joey Anderson with 10.32. He played the least tonight. And normally it's been that Blackwell, Dickinson, Anderson line. That's really been clicking. But it's just, it's an interesting time for Luke Richardson right now. He's got to get really creative. And not even so much get creative with the lineup construction or the lines or the pairings. Just kind of get creative with continuing to get this team motivated. But he does a good job of it. We, we had Jacob Megna on with us after the win against the New York Islanders over the weekend. And I asked him what his first impressions of Luke Richardson were, and he just said, you know, he does a really good job of getting us motivated each and every day. And you understand that he's going through a rough time right now with all the players that he's missing. And for a new guy like Jacob Megna, who's played, trying to look at my score sheet as quickly as I can, nine games with the Hawks, ten tonight, for him to notice that right away, Still makes me believe that Luke Richardson was the right guy to be hired for this job. And he's doing another great job of it in terms of what types of resources he's been given. 
It's time for tonight's Player with the Most Heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. It's tough. I, I do want to give it to Peter Morazic. He had a solid game, 27 saves, a couple of really big stops to keep the Hawks in this one. But I do think I want to give it to Colin Blackwell. I, I still got a soft spot in my heart for Colin Blackwell, just with all the adversity that he's faced and what he's, a, what he's been able to do with it. And he had a self-induced scoring chance in the third period. Just kind of created a breakaway on his own from the far wall. There was a Canucks defender pinching in, and he was just able to push it forward, turn on the Jets, and eventually was denied by Thatcher Demko. But he just continues to bring that each and every night. And it's just a guy that has not taken for granted one minute since returning. And I definitely think that, I've said this before, and I even brought it up to him, and you know he can't confirm it, but... When that guy scores, when he gets rewarded for his hardworking effort, I think it sends a solid message for the rest of the team of, this is what we need to do, this is how we're going to score if we're going to score, and see how much fun I'm having? This is what we need you guys to do. And I think that can be contagious, that can rub off on the rest of the team, and it has at certain points. And that's why he has clicked so well with Jason Dickinson and Joey Anderson. But that's also what it takes for this team to start generating some offense. Again, I'll say the rough numbers again. 17 straight road losses, two straight shutout losses, and five goals in the last seven road games for this Blackhawks team. We're hoping to get some post-game sound. Looks like Nick Felino chatted with the media, Luke Richardson as well. But uh, we got to get to a break. And 312-981-7200, if you'd like to call or text. Our text line is a little bit down right now, but I think we'll still get them. It just might take us a minute to actually see them. 312-981-7200, if you'd like to join us. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 1230 here on 720 WGN. Here's Kuzmenko now. Stopping behind the Hawk net. Chased out of there by Isaac Phillips with a good defensive play. But then there to get the puck for the Canucks is Micaiah. The Hughes left circle closing in. Fires! He's gone! Well, you can see what Hughes was doing as he skated down into the left wing circle. He was surveying everything going on in front of Peter Morazic. And at the opportune moment, he fired it into the top shelf. It's now 2 nothing, Vancouver. I still can't get on board with Vancouver's goal song. Don't you forget about me from The Breakfast Club. It, it's an inspiring song, but it, I just don't think it should be in sports. This would be a better goal song. Ocean Avenue? Yellow Card? Yeah, that's right. I, I enjoyed 8th grade. Uh, this is the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN, 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or if you'd like to text. Hawks fall to the Vancouver Canucks 2 to nothing. With the loss, the Hawks now drop to 14-31-2. Vancouver picks up their 32nd win, their 32-11-4. They lead the NHL with now 68 points. They lead the NHL with a goal differential of plus 59 
And the Hawks start their four-game road trip out in the Pacific Northwest and up in Canada. On a rough note, but not on a rough effort, this was a solid 20 minutes, rather solid 60 minutes played by the Hawks. They played a couple of different solid 20 minutes, but I know that's a term we've been using a lot this year, but it's what you kind of face yourself with when you're in year two of a rebuild. And it's not what we saw a lot from this team earlier on. But it is what we're seeing now. And we'll see how the rest of this road trip goes. And then the Hawks get two weeks off with the All-Star break. Unfortunately, there will be no Hawks representing Chicago at the All-Star game. Connor Bedard was going to be the youngest All-Star in NHL history. And then Brendan Smith broke his jaw. And then there was maybe some speculation that, I don't know, Bedard could compete in the skills competition, but then the league made it official today that Kyle Connor and Vincent Trocek will be replacing Connor Bedard and Jack Eichel in this year's All-Star game. So kind of a bummer, but also you don't want to push anything with Connor Bedard. And I do want to clarify, there were some reports earlier today about what Luke Richardson had to say about Connor Bedard's return timetable. And at some point in the interview, Luke said that it was still going to be at least six weeks. But he was referencing the original timetable from two weeks ago when Connor Bedard had the surgery, when the original timetable was six to eight weeks. And it's it's just crazy how this phrasing goes because that's what type of microscope Connor Bedard is under right now. Now, I will say the Columbus Blue Jackets' Boone Jenner returned on Friday in the game against the New Jersey Devils, he had suffered a fractured jaw six weeks ago from Friday. So there's a good example of a guy returning in six weeks. So if indeed it's a six-week timetable for a return for Connor Bedard, that would mean he'd be back in four weeks, which I believe, I think that's before the Detroit game. I don't know exactly what game it'd be back on. Trying to do the quick math in my head. Actually, yeah, that would be February 12th, maybe the 14th. But either way, it'd be three games after the All-Star break. I think that's important for the possibility of him still finding himself in the race for the Calder Trophy. Don't forget Connor McDavid suffered a broken collarbone his rookie year. He did not win the Calder Trophy. Everything worked out just fine for him. Artemi Panarin, by the way, won the Calder Trophy that year. But there's going to be such a microscope over her. Bedard's going to be under such a microscope with this whole thing because people want to see him play, and it's not just Chicago. It's at the entire league. And the moment Richardson kind of commented on that, that phrase kind of took off on its own in social media. So, again, I just do want to clarify those things um, because it's – Important to know it a little bit more. Uh, Luke Richardson chatted with the media. Looks like Reese Johnson and Nick Felino did. We'll get to that sound in just a moment. After the Hawks fall to the Vancouver Canucks on the road 2-0. All late games this week because the Hawks will be in Seattle on Wednesday. That's going to be a national broadcast. So the only local call will be here on 720 WGN. They visit the Edmonton Oilers on Thursday. And then the Calgary Flames to finish up the road trip. 
before the All-Star break. Uh, just looking at some of the quotes on Luke Richardson. That's the best team in the league, and I think it was a little and I think it was a little bit of them and a little bit of us. They flexed their muscles and showed why they're number one in the league. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the first period, it made it look like it was going to be a rough night for the Hawks. Now, granted, and Troy said this too, it, it was a solid opening period played by the Hawks. They only got outshot by three shots on goal. But still, it was the ability for Vancouver to just create things and make things happen. And that goal by Quinn Hughes, my goodness, a thing of beauty. So it just seemed like, okay, another night where the Hawks are going to have to be on their A game to keep keep it competitive, and that's exactly what they did. So I do think you have to give them credit there. I do think you got to give the Vancouver Canucks credit as well. But again, the Hawks suffer their 17th straight road loss. Let's take a quick break for station identification. The Blackhawks, Wildcats, and the NFL play here on AM 720. On smart speakers, say play WGN Chicago. Nick Foligno returned for his first game back after fracturing a finger in his left hand. He led the Hawks with seven shots on goal. He had nine shot attempts total, three hits, and one block shot. Let's hear from the Blackhawks forward. We just talked about it. We just, you know, something that I think... You know, let's be honest, our, our record on the road isn't great, right? And I think sometimes we're wading into games on the road. You know, and maybe I have a little bit of better perspective watching a few games and our, our tenacity and our compete and our readiness at home. You know, it, it doesn't seem to be. It's almost like we're waiting to see what they're going to do at home before we respond. And tonight we got caught in that, right? We just got caught in our end, uh, you know, watching them play for the first part. And they get two goals because of it where we're just not quite as engaged as we need to be. And uh, but then the rest of the game, it's like we snap out of it in the third period especially. I mean, we, we dominated a lot of that period too. So um, that's the mindset that we have to have and understand that's the only way you're going to crawl out of a, a road thing like this. And no team, every team wants to do well at home. But I think the, the longer you kind of put some doubt into their minds or keep it a 0-0 game and they have to open up because they're the home team and they want to you know show well for their fans, then you capitalize on some of those mistakes and, and that's how you kind of turn it in your favor. Do you feel acclimated to being back? Yeah, as the game went on, I mean, just good to be back and get in the rhythm. And um, yeah, I mean, I felt good as good can feel in the loss. Uh, no, it's not fun. Okay, no, no feeling. Actually. I jammed it a few times, but that's the way it goes. When, when Seth came back from his broken thumb last year, it seemed like it. It did take him a few weeks just to kind of fully get the grip back. Do you think you'll have to deal with it? Yeah, I mean, it's. But listen, I'm. If I'm playing, I'm playing. So it's you can you know make excuse. Like there's no excuse. I mean, I'm in the lineup, so I don't really think about it. I think it's just. It's it is what it is. So I'm just going to go out and play and try and help the team. And uh, we didn't get it done tonight. After that penalty, it seemed like you were kind of pushing extra hard to try to maybe get it back or get something going offensively. Yeah, it's those suck when you you try to keep a puck in and you know they take away our power play and you know that's just it's unfortunate part sometimes of the game. But you know we had our chances in the power play too tonight. We had a lot of opportunities. Probably the most we've had in, in a game in a while. So um, it's disappointing we didn't take advantage, especially at the end. We, I thought I jammed one in and Kershaw had another good whack at it and. Um, you know, you give him credit. He played well tonight, but I think we could have tested him a bit more, and I think we have to bring that into Seattle where we just have that mindset from the get-go. Five goals in the last seven road games. Does it start like when you, you yeah. go 2 nothing? Does it just almost feel insurmountable? Well, yeah, it's just that that's where we're fighting, right? Like, you have to get those ugly ones, those gritty ones, those those ones where, you know, you, you fought to get inside and, 
now, now they start bouncing their way, and then maybe the floodgates open. And that's just, you know, there's no reason why we can't score on the road if we're scoring home, right? It's just that to me is a mindset, and it's just a, you know, a, a, a conscious effort by everybody to. To, to make sure we're playing uh, and, and, and let's be honest it is a different style on the road like you get to kind of be a little more simple but simple doesn't mean you just sit back it's, it's just you can you can allow your game to kind of form as, as the game goes on when you're on the road and that should benefit us well because we're a team that you know when we get our momentum we can get going you're a team that generally scraps together at least one goal but you've been shut out uh, two of the last three is that calls for concern well we just got to find scoring you know take it upon yourself and I talked about that you know when guys are out there's opportunities for other guys to step in and, and get that chance to, to be a little more offensive or be in a spot where they can take advantage of, of a little more ice time in, in certain situations. So we all have to take it upon ourselves collectively to, to try and score goals. And, you know, you're not going to win unless you score some goals in this league. Tough on Peter, too. Like, I thought he was good tonight. Yeah, he was great. He made some huge saves. I think that's the hard part is you want to bail him out. He's been so he's been so good for us, so good for us. So, you know, anytime you're not giving him run support, you feel bad. And uh, But he's been great. He, you know, he'll come back kicking. Do you have a, uh, Last one for a particular feeling about the, the subs for, like, Connor Bedard and Jack Eichel and the All-Star? I didn't even know there was subs. Oh, yeah, there was subs. Yeah. Uh, and uh, who's the other one? Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor. Yeah, Kyle oh. Connor, yes. Yeah, I mean, they're great players. Uh, I didn't even know. Um, I think it's a, it's a bummer, you know, for Connor. Uh, I think that as a teammate and as a person that's watched him this year, he's an All-Star and he's deserving to be there. So it's unfortunate when you have injuries like that, but say the same thing about Eichel or a few guys that have, have obviously missed out and I've seen it over the years it's it's the unfortunate part of the game we play and um, I, th- I think though that we'll see Connor in a lot of all-star games uh, down the road so um, it's just too bad it would have been nice to, to see him in there this year. Yeah it's also a little bit of a bummer too that a guy like Jason Dickinson doesn't get the recognition of becoming an all-star and Peter Mrazek we, we all kind of dreamt about that dream scenario where Peter Mrazek goes back to the place that traded him just to kind of get him off the books and shed away his contract, and yet here he is killing it with the Blackhawks right now. But also, I get it. It's for the league. It's for the fans. You kind of allow them to do what they want. All-Star games are so tough, and you know I actually am going to talk about this on Blackhawks Live tomorrow because All-Star games are so tough because you're just trying to create the best part of the game with the best players and you can't do it because it's not a real game and the closest you can is the major league baseball all-star game it's not just hockey basketball has a an atrocious time battling it the NFL whatever it's called, is uh, basically a flag football game. Now, I will say that the skills competition, I think, is probably one of the better ones out there. And even just the event in itself. And the one thing I'd, I'd like the NHL to explore, I'm not saying do it, or if they do do it, not do it every year, but why not just make the Winter Classic the All-Star game? And make the Winter Classic the All-Star game and you can still have the skills competition at the arena the night before. But I just feel like there's a lot of teams that will never get a winner classic. And there's going to be a lot of guys, a lot of players that might not get to play in the winner classic. So just kind of give everyone the same opportunity. And maybe, again, it doesn't have to be every year. I don't know. That's just one thought that I've had. A couple other things I wanted to go a little bit deeper on that Nick Felino said. 
talking about his team's performance tonight in this 2 nothing loss to Vancouver, saying, we weren't as engaged as we needed to be, but we got there by the third period. And this is kind of paraphrasing what he had to say. You're not going to find a more truthful guy than Nick Foligno, but I appreciate him calling out where he thought his team could be better, but also pointing out that it got there. And I think it's encouraging for Hawks fans to see that it was there by the third period. I, I think it was there by the first period, too. They, they just kind of got outplayed. Not outworked, not out-efforted, but outplayed. And that's understandable with this Vancouver Canucks roster and with the Blackhawks' current roster. And I also wonder what type of impact this type of game had on Lucas Reichel. The number one thing that's said when a guy gets a healthy scratch is, I'll give him a different perspective to watch the game and to think about things and to look at things. I mean, I I really wonder what's going on in Lucas, Lucas Reichel's head when he sees his team giving it their absolute all against the best team in the NHL. You know, if this was a dud, this was a dud of a game and the Hawks lose five zip and never really had a chance against Vancouver, you know, how does Reichel look at that game? Because you know what I I bet is going through his mind? And I don't know this for a fact, obviously. But imagine you're a professional athlete and you're seeing your entire team really go all out against one of the top teams in the league. I bet you're thinking, man, I wish I was out there to help them with this or that. Because maybe I'm what's missing right now to get them over the hump against this tough team. Hopefully that's going through Lucas Reichel's head. But more importantly, whatever went through his head tonight, hopefully it can change just a a little bit of his execution out on the ice. And who knows, maybe he'll be another healthy scratch on Seattle. We don't know. I want to say he had two healthy scratches in a row the last time this happened. So we'll see. Uh, A few other things on Foligno before we get to the sound from Reese Johnson. Uh, Nick saying, if I'm going to play, I'm going to play. When Ben Pope at the Chicago Sun-Times asked if he felt like it was going to take a little bit for him to get his complete grip back like it did for Seth Jones after dealing with a broken thumb. you got to like that response from Nick Foligno because he's, he's not going out there and giving half effort and being like, well, you know, I'm still recovering from a broken finger. No, he's out there to play. And if he wasn't ready, he wouldn't be out there. Maybe he would be if it were up to him over the training staff, but obviously everyone in agreement. And the score sheet in agreement, too. Again, Felino leading the Hawks with seven shots on goal tonight, nine shot attempts, three hits, one block shot. I mean, he was physical out there. So there wasn't really any hold back there. And then lastly, Felino talking about seeing more gritty goals. And yes, it's a cliche hockey thing, but this is exactly what Luke Richardson said after the loss to Buffalo. Because remember that game? Remember that 3 nothing loss to the Buffalo Sabres? Those three goals by Buffalo were not very impressive, offensively skilled goals. They were a little bit of luck, a little bit of hard-working effort, and what the Blackhawks need to score goals at this moment. Tonight was a different story with Vancouver. Their goals, pretty impressive. But it's going to take a different recipe for this Hawks team to score. So we'll see if they're able to start generating more of that 
as this road trip continues. I don't want to go out on a limb and say and make any predictions or, or promises, but I, I'm really leaning towards the idea that the Hawks are going to pick up a win on this road trip. And if if you think that's a low ceiling, I'm sorry, but you look at the opponents that they've got, Seattle, Edmonton, Calgary, but if they're able to put up this kind of effort against the top team in the NHL, they should definitely come away with at least two points, I would say. Let's hear from the Blackhawks forward, Reese Johnson. Yeah, I don't think necessarily that's what creeps in, but I mean, definitely got to score goals to win hockey games. I think... uh... When they're not coming easily, I think we got to find a way to get those greasy ones and uh, get to the house a little more, shoot more pucks, get get rebounds. I mean, yeah, I would uh, yeah, definitely had a couple chances tonight. would have liked to bury those to help the boys out. I uh, definitely will all keep working to get those to go in. I think you had more high-danger chances than probably anybody out there tonight. Does it, does it feel good that you're at least generating those chances? Yeah, it definitely feels good to get chances. It's just uh, there comes a point when you want the, all those to go in, and I, th- I hope that's next game. Do you uh, take at least a moral victory and like holding you know at least a stalemate for a couple of periods with this team? Yeah, I mean, I like the way we responded going down too early. I think that's never easy on the road uh, against a good team in the league. I liked our response more in the second and even more in the third, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, you can take positives, but at the end of the day, we lost. So I think we uh, we just got to respond in Seattle. As much as you want to generate more, you have to dip your head a little bit to, to a goalie on the other side. having a pretty good season. Yeah, that's definitely, that plays a part. I mean, we made some good saves tonight. We had some chances, but uh, yeah, there, there's a point where you tip your hat to the goalie. But uh, I think uh, even then, you got to find a way. Do you think you guys are doing enough net front on the power play or maybe too much dancing around on the perimeter. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think when things aren't going our way, the way to get those greasy ones is park something in front maybe and pound away. Um, we, we did have some some pressure on the power play tonight. I know uh, the boys would have liked to get one for us, but uh, yeah, we'll keep working at that. We've had a lot of you know good performances at home, but this is 17 straight losses on the road. How do you explain the, that, that dichotomy? Yeah, that's definitely way too many in a row on the road. I mean, every loss is a tough one, but we just got to find a way. And, I mean, that way is in the room. No one's going to come in and uh, save us, you know. We got to find a way. It's, I mean, I think we are all good players, and I think we just got to honestly dig deep and find a way. It's, what does it mean to the group to have Nick back in the room today? Yeah, it's unreal. That guy's... Uh, been a great leader, great presence in the room from day one of camp, and uh, yeah, it's always great to get a teammate back in the lineup. That's Reese Johnson. Blackhawks fall to the Vancouver Canucks, two to nothing up in Canada tonight. We got to get to a break, but when we come back, we'll hear from the head coach Luke Richardson. We'll take your calls three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. All you night owls out there, Blackhawks post game show seven twenty WGN. And then Garland took the puck away just inside the line. Send it over to the far boards, Hawk zone. Megna there. Brick White pass. Reese Johnson Whoa. into the Canuck zone. He fires, and that's into the glove of Demko, and a penalty will be called Too here. many men to the Vancouver Canucks, but did you see what happened on that play? It would have been an icing call. The referee was looking and had his arm up in the air. It hit his skate yep. and stopped for Reese Johnson coming down the left wing side. Uh, this puck is well ahead of him. 
and all of a sudden it hits the skate of the referee and goes right to Reese Johnson. Demko had to make a big save on that particular play. He could see the referee not paying attention to the puck looking at the too many men on the ice. Vancouver gets a little bit of a lucky break there. Yeah, a bit of a crazy play. Unfortunately, not lucky enough for the Blackhawks. They get shut out by Thatcher Demko. That was one of his 31 saves tonight against the Hawks offense. A 2-0 win for the Canucks up in Canada tonight. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show, taking you up to 12.30 this morning. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Uh, and that save of the game is sponsored by ComEd Financial Assistance Programs. Uh, 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call in. Unfortunately, our text line is down right now. Typically, I like to read all of your crazy and rational thoughts. Yeah, because it's usually both, um, but unable to tonight. We're going to hear from Luke Richardson in just a moment. I do want to pull out this one clip, though, from Rick Tockett, the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Quote, we were just okay. We got the two goals and just kind of coasted it in. I, it wasn't a pretty game for us. Once again, these are the types of things we're hearing from the coaching staff, from the fan bases of the other team. When the Hawks put up a game like this, we heard this and saw this a lot last year. Now it's getting back into this trend where the Hawks are giving, no matter what team it is, a good run for their money, and hopefully it can continue on for the rest of this road trip. Now let's hear from the Blackhawks head coach, Luke Richardson. Well, uh, that's the best team in the league. And I, I think it was a little bit of them and a little bit of us. I think we just didn't you know, kill plays in the D zone, and they had extended it, and they really came out uh, ready to go. They showed flex their muscles and showed why they're number one in the league. And uh, you know, We just had uh, a few too many uh, extended D zone uh, coverages that led to goals, but uh, after that, I thought we settled in and uh, you know had a couple good penalty kills. Unfortunately, we cut our a uh, couple of our power plays off short with uh, penalties. But uh, you know what? Our, our our determination the rest of the way was good. So uh, we got to be ready for a good team like this uh, and, and not give them opportunities to have uh, extended D zone time or outman rushes because that's what they live on. Do you think of changing up uh, to be a little more aggressive to generate more offense in the third, or was you feel like they were getting looks? And just- we had a chance actually in the game, so I don't think we needed to do that. We just unfortunately we, we got a one off the post, the one off the goalie's glove, and those usually roll in, didn't roll in in the second period, and we had some good looks on the power play. And uh, we had some great chances. Blackie had a breakaway near the end, but really, really would have sparked us and just missed. Uh, you know, the goalie forced him to kind of go a little wide, and, and he hit the side of the net. So I think you know, when when you look at it, if, if we open up anything to go up and down the ice, uh, I think they're they're just waiting for that, and they, that's what they did with Toronto Maple Leafs last game. They just he made him up in the third period by doing that. So uh, I thought we were patient playing our game, and it gave us a chance to score some goals. Unfortunately, we're just not finding that finish right now. You don't think it might have been dancing a little too much around the perimeter on the power play, you know, five power plays? The last one, uh, you know, I thought our power play was pretty good. Uh, the last one, I think we just held on to it a little too long. And, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of, we, should, we tried it with a low play and it was almost there. And But we, then we tried it again. I think then we got to move to up top and go up, up and over and see if we can pull them apart a little bit to get on the inside a little more. But uh, you, you got to take what they give you. And I think we were just a little bit... Uh, 
probably getting fatigued at that time too, trying to you know trying to pressure. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy with they look better, uh, but you know, better is not good enough in this league. We have to get results. So at some point, we got to drop a couple in a game to help us get a win. You mentioned Bedard's timeline this morning. I wanted to clarify. You said at least six weeks. Is that a change in anything, or is that just he's on? Well, it was six, six to eight weeks at the beginning was what was said. So, like, you know, I don't know. You're never going to know, but, uh, you know, they talk to me about it. Because there's not, not going to be a back like that. So has there, has there been any change? There's no change. No, it's the same. So, I don't know, six weeks from the start or from now, it's still it's in between the time. Like, he ain't coming back next week, which would be great. But uh, it's not about him wanting to or not. It's just about the, the medical side of things. And, uh, the doctors will let us know that he's ready to come back. It seemed like that the Phillips Crevier pairing you kind of switched up after that tough start. But. Yeah, you know, I think they have, uh, you know, Crevier hasn't been here in a while, and uh, I think, you know, I mean, I think he settled into the game and played way more aggressive and sort of Philly the rest of the way. It's just uh, this team came out and uh, they happened to be on in our zone on a couple of those extended uh, D zone plays. And, uh, they, I think the the other team would have done that to anybody. But you know, I mean, I think to give them uh, let things settle, I think you know, you just separate guys and put them with uh, guys that can maybe uh, you know, maybe just uh, help them out and, and let them realize that there's a bit of a change. So it's a fresh start, and, and I thought it worked well for the rest of the game. He's Johnson had a few really good scoring chances. Is that, is that what you want to see when you bring a guy back in the line? Yeah, you know, I mean, he's hard, and he gives us a physical uh, presence out there. He blocks shots with a penalty kill. He gets a really uh, important number of faces off of face-offs in the right-hand circle, especially uh, on the PK. And uh, he gives us a charge. He's a guy. He's vocal on the bench. He's vocal uh, on the ice. And, uh, you know, he'll, he's not afraid to go to the net. Unfortunately, it just couldn't drop him tonight, but uh, he had the chances, so I like that. Felino had that penalty, but overall, how did he look? Good. I thought he played well. Uh, same thing. We, we love his leadership and his uh, vocalness uh, on the bench and on the ice, and, and he's a leader. He plays hard. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the penalty lost his stick, so he had to kind of give the guy a grab. He didn't want to give up a two-on-one. Uh, but we were on the advantage, so it just nullified our power, which is kind of sucked. But, uh, you know, I mean, he just was uh, in that position, and it had nothing to do with his uh, his fingers and it was the other hand on the top of the stick, so it just got caught up and lost it. But, uh, no, he was good. I think he took, drove the net down low, and uh, he gives us a physical presence as well, which is, is, is what we have to play right now. A couple things that Richardson said that I want to pull from. Talking about the power play, it was a weird night for special teams tonight. Again, that second period felt like was... Uh, either a power play or uh, four on four more than it was five on five in the second period Um, but it seemed like most of the time when the Hawks got a a power play they quickly committed a penalty of their own so it quickly went to four on four so they couldn't really find much of a groove uh, much momentum but also I I think that's credit to Vancouver's PK or the Hawks inability to get their power play going but Luke Richardson saying he liked it towards the end of the game I think they had 10 shots on goal and five power play opportunities Um, but the one thing that reminded me of that Troy Murray said on the broadcast that there were a few times where they were just caught holding on to the puck too much and Vancouver who's a quick team, very skilled in multiple ways, can just kind of reset, can can kind of um, get back to their structure when you hold on to the puck too much on the power play. I think that's why Vancouver's so good on their power play, came into this game ninth best in the league because they just move around the puck so much it makes it really difficult for the PK of whoever they're going against to keep up. And, and just to clarify once again the Connor Bedard timeline, uh, Luke stressing that 
it has continued a six to eight week return timeline from two weeks ago, which was initially reported when he underwent successful broken jaw surgery uh, two weeks ago. So we're now at the four to six week timetable of a return for Connor Bedard to get back on the ice in a game for the Blackhawks. One last break and we'll wrap this thing up. We'll take a look around the league and uh, play some sound from Corey Perry signing with the Edmonton Oilers officially tonight. All here on the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Here's Tatar, <laughs> left side. His shot right on, turn the side. Rebound, Everly. Score! Jordan Everly out in front off the shot that hit traffic. He picks up the loose disc and buries the biscuit in the basket. Two on Toronto. 5.57 left here in the period. That's the very talented Everett Fitzhugh of KJR Seattle Sports Radio 950 expressing himself as the Seattle Kraken are actually on a bit of a skid. They're on a four-game losing streak after... Going on a 13-game point streak, a nine-game win streak. The Kraken still fighting for a playoff spot, 19-18-9. That's our next game preview, which is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. Blackhawks fall to the Vancouver Canucks 2-0 tonight up in Canada. I did want to get to some Corey Perry sound, but I I think we're going to skip that. We're just going to go take a look around the league. Uh, Perry officially signing with the Edmonton Oilers as of today. Really nothing more to hear from. He he just continues to uh, take full responsibility of what he said, quote, what happened in Chicago. We really wouldn't elaborate anymore. And uh, the Hawks made it clear that uh, he broke team code, and that's why they terminated him from the Blackhawks roster. And he's now in the Edmonton Oilers, who the Hawks will see in a couple of nights. With that, we'll take a look around the league, and we'll start in Boston. Lauko tries to scoop it up. It's fired. Hellebuck the save. Rebound. Fired. They score! Trent Frederick sent it across the goal mouth with Hellebuck down. Jacob Lauko pounds it home. Bruins won. Jets nothing. That's our guy Judd Surratt, 98.5, the Sports Hub. Bruins are hot again. They're on a five-game winning streak, a nine-game point streak, thanks to a 4-1 victory over the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg had a chance to really separate themselves from the Avs in the Central. They're still above them, but unable to stretch out their lead. Let's go to Joycey. Devils race out. Here's Holtz with Brett. Holtz moves in, backhand feed for Brett. Shot, and that goes off the outside of the post. Oh, my. Now it's dumped ahead, picked off by Hughes. Across come the Devils. Hughes for Toffoli. He scores! Tyler Toffoli, the hat trick. The Devils win 6-5. to Matt Laughlin of WFAN, the Devils Radio Network, and that was all for it there. Tyler Toffoli with the hat trick. Uh, We're skipping Florida with a 4-1 victory over the Nashville Predators because I really want to play this highlight in Arizona. There's Latang. Now it goes into Pittsburgh net. It's their own goal against the Penguins. Latang sent that pass. Intended for Evgeny Malkin in the crease area, and it got by Malkin and went over the goal line. A delayed penalty on Arizona. It ended up giving the Coyotes their fifth goal of the game, a 5-2 winner over the Penguins. That's the first loss for the Penguins against the Coyotes under their head coach, Mike Sullivan. 
Blackhawks Hockey's been sponsored by Sitco. When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines, your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers, Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they